left, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way It's time to name the neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast, hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you, it's not me, it's all of us. Only together, we can start a movement and fix diet culture. And we will. Let's begin with now. I wanna see how the world turns round. Let's go adventure in the deep blue sea. Home is with you wherever that may be. Home is with you wherever that may be. Hi. And welcome to episode 299 of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. No matter where you are in the journey, even if you're just in the very beginning stages of unpacking this complicated relationship with food, or if you've been doing this work for many, many years, this episode is for you. So many people I talk to who are trying to move away from dieting, they will explore how their own diet history shows that diets don't work for them. They start to learn the research that, oh, wow, long-term dieting just makes my blood pressure worse, insulin worse, blood sugar worse. Um, That is actually true. There's causational evidence on that. But the but here is that folks many times report but I still want to be smaller because I want to comfortably sit in an airplane seat or I want to be able to go on this roller coaster with my grandchildren. What about that? Like what about wanting just to be able to like have options and to access the world? This is a really big part of the food peace conversation. And I am so grateful. Like I don't even have words to describe how grateful I am for Colleen Bremner. You may have heard Colleen before in the Find Your Food Voice podcast, but Colleen regularly comes by for a diet culture IRL episode. And that's what this episode is today. And Colleen is unpacking a recent experience with accessing an activity and how body size and weight got in the way. So I wanted to give you that information right from the get-go because content warning, we're talking about that. And I also think it's an important part of the conversation because again, if you may be new to this conversation or have been doing this for decades, this is something that at some point can impact your life and send a kind of that, um, the, the wheel spinning back into checking your weight or moving towards diets again. So we hope this episode helps you to continue along your food peace journey. Before we hear from Colleen and unpack all the things that she experienced, quick word from our sponsor. 
We are welcoming back Ovofolic as a Find Your Food Voice sponsor. What is Ovofolic? Well, it's an inositol supplement. I noticed that most people with PCOS take an inositol supplement, yet they don't really know why. Did you know that inositol supplementation helps lower insulin, androgens, cholesterol, and improves many PCOS symptoms? So far, researchers are suggesting that those with insulin resistance, including people with PCOS, probably have a defect or deficiency of these inositols, provoking those intense primal carb cravings, painful fatigue, and irregular periods. Supplementing with inositol along with eating enough, very, very important, (laughs) can significantly improve PCOS symptoms long-term. So Elon Healthcare They make Ovofolic, and I've gotten to know their medical director, Dr. Perry, over the last few years. I love that Elon Healthcare is female-owned and run. It's a small Canadian company that has excellent customer service and only uses high-quality ingredients. They really care about the folks they're serving, and it comes through in these customer service interactions. So inositol supplementation, I know it's an important part of managing PCOS for many people, and Ovofolic is a great way to get that. So just for Find Your Food Voice listeners, get 15% off using the code PCOSPOWER at checkout. So remember, it's all one word, PCOSPOWER at checkout. We'll put a link to it in the show notes, but I'm going to say it here just in case you want to jot it down. It's elonhealthcare.ca backslash discount backslash PCOSPOWER. So again, use the coupon code PCOSPOWER at checkout to get 15% off. All right, let's get on with the episode. The weekend had finally arrived, the one I was anticipating for weeks and weeks. My husband surprised me with a weekend getaway to Virginia Beach. He knows the beach is my happy place. He explained to me we were going away for the weekend and there would be another big surprise, something I have always wanted to do, go skydiving. Now, he's not really into the real skydiving, so he thought indoor skydiving would be fun for both of us. We have a wonderful drive there, listening to music, laughing it up, and a fantastic Italian meal. And that night, I can hardly sleep. I'm so excited thinking about indoor skydiving the next day. I woke up Saturday morning pumped. I throw my tennis shoes on and make sure my hair is in a tight, low bun so it's not flying all over the place. And we walk along the beach to the venue. When I arrive, I explain to the person at the front desk we have a reservation for a bit later in the day, but I was so excited we were there early. She go ahead, she lets us go, and there's another family standing beside us as I start the check-in process. She upsells us on the longer flight experience with the higher flight capabilities, and I am absolutely buzzing at this point. She looks at my husband and says, okay, you'll just need to hop up on the scale, and then we'll get you both in there. My heart plummets to my stomach. It's been so long since I've been on a scale, I have no idea what the number will be or what to expect. My husband steps off and she says, okay, you're good to go. Then she looks at me. Okay, your turn. Hop up there. I'm so nervous. I feel my heart going a million miles a minute. Even speaking about it now, I can feel this like visceral reaction to this. She furrows her brow and looks at the computer screen. I'm too afraid to look down. She stops and asks me to pull the scale out and step on it again. 
as if that's going to change the number for me. I do. And she turns to me and says, unfortunately, ma'am, you're too heavy to do this. Our fans can't support you. I immediately burst into tears and turned to my husband for words. He asks about a refund and what our options are. I'm no longer listening. My body's reaction is taking complete control over my next steps right outside. My head and brain immediately spiral and go to places it hasn't in a really long time. I start to consider my own options. Why isn't this accessible to me? Why did I have to get on a scale in front of everyone in there? Why was I feeling so much shame and embarrassment? I cried the entire walk back to our hotel. My husband felt terrible, and I honestly haven't been that mean to myself in a really long time. I felt like I had come so far in my body acceptance journey, I would be able to cope with this experience, no problem. But I felt like this propelled me right back to square one and right back down the path of false promises that potential weight loss held for me. As I have had time to digest the events of that day, I've had some more time to be compassionate with myself. I hate that this happened. I hate the way I was made to feel. And I have to keep reminding myself that it's not my fault, but rather the systems that are in place keeping people in higher weight bodies in a space of inaccessibility. I wanted to share this story because I think it's important to remember that no matter where you are in your journey, you're not alone. That's what was my light in the darkness in all of this. The shame I was feeling, while very real at the time, only lasted for a little while as I started to process and reaffirm my own safety. My husband is not living in a higher body, higher weight body, and sometimes it feels challenging to share how I'm feeling in these moments with him. He's loving and accepting, but he can't really relate to what I move through on a daily basis and events like these. I remember that while this experience totally and completely sucked, I'm still grateful to have more tools to cope with what happened and more people in my community to reach out to than back in my dieting days. That's the solace I hold on to. While this experience was total and complete shit, dieting was even shittier. Hey there, Colleen. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Julie. Thanks for having me back. It's always great to be here. Oh, thank you. And thank you for sharing this experience. Um, And, you know, I know that you, you've shared some of the things like as it was happening or like right after it happened. So, um, you know, I, I got to hear a little bit about the experience right after, but what was it like now that it's been a little bit of time, it hasn't been a whole lot of time, but it's, you know, been a little bit more. What was it like to actually like capture this in the written word? Yeah. Great question. It was actually really hard for me. I think Usually when I sit down to write down an experience or to, I I have an idea or a thought for the podcast, I don't really have an issue writing it out. It feels very natural to me. And for some reason with this one, I just, it took me a couple days. I had to keep walking away from it, uh, which I feel like maybe in my past I wouldn't have done. I maybe Mm. would have just pushed right through and not kind of taken the time that I needed to to process and think about more what what I felt um because that's really what I do when I I sit down to write these I really think about like my reaction and maybe why I'm having that reaction and in the moment it, even thinking about how I felt on that day was so terrible 
And I kept thinking about people I wanted to call. Like I thought about calling you. I thought about calling Rachel. And it happened to be, I think it was on Father's Day. And that's why I didn't want to call anybody Mm -hmm. because I was like, oh, everybody's got things going on. They're with their families. So I just had to kind of sit in it. And I think being able to process a little bit more with people down the line in in a few days was so helpful. But still even writing it to for for this and and getting those thoughts on paper it was really challenging. Mm-hmm. How long ago has it been now since this? I guess June. I guess Father's Day, so it was June. So yeah, a while. Yeah, a um, couple months. And it was, yeah. um, you know, hearing you read through the script. You know, I can see what you wrote down, and you even like mentioned how you could viscerally feeling you know, like your body remembering the experience while you're reading this, like that's how close you are to like, you haven't named it as a trauma, but that's kind of what I would want to call it. Is that the right word for it? Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like in a way, yes, but like for me, it's just, I, and I know this can be tied in with trauma, but it was just very, very painful Mm -hmm. and like not something that I felt like I could call up like my certain friends and family members and share and talk about, which is also really hard about these experiences. Like I love my husband. I mentioned that Mm -hmm. in this, like I, he tried so hard to be there for me and be supportive and, and he was, but like, he doesn't get it. Right. Like I, I love him and, Mm but he just doesn't get it. And there, there are people in my life who have lived through these experiences or similar experiences who I can talk to, who just listen and are like, yeah, that fucking sucks. Yeah. There's so many layers to it. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, that's like, that was part of it for me. I'm such a social person Mm -hmm. and I really reach out to my community for support and, feeling like in this particular situation, while someone might be like, wow, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Or like, I'm so sorry you went through this. It's like, man, I just want everyone to get it. (laughs) I just really want everyone Mm -hmm. to get it. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to circle back to that word trauma for just a moment, because you get to decide if that's the word you want to use. But I just want to highlight for many people and their definition of trauma is it's very painful and isolating. So that's, I just typed those words out (laughs) as you were like describing what it felt like for you. So, um, and the the reason why I think it's important to name it is the experiences that higher weight people have shared with me that they've experienced just like moving through the world. Um, Oftentimes, like you said, people just don't get it and it's not named as something that's even hard to do. Um, And when we say words like trauma, I think it captures like, hey, we need to pause here and fix what's causing the trauma. And it's not your body. It's the world like having these, all these things set up to provoke it. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that that's, that's, <laughs> that's what I was thinking about with that. Um, and at this point, let's take a quick sponsor break. Um, and what I'm thinking about next, you tell me what you think, but to even just um, open up this experience you had into um, what others are sharing with us that they experience. And I don't know, like what are next steps to do? So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
All right. Welcome back. Um, and Colleen, you know, we were just talking about this experience you had and how it hadn't been that long ago and how your body still can like viscerally remember um, parts of this and, you know, whether or not we could label it a trauma. And something I wanted to name is, you know, this experience, like the particular one with like skydiving, you know, this was a unique experience, but yet the things that I know you and I hear and, and, um, PCOS power and just other people we were interacting with that these are really common, um, experiences people are facing every day. And, um, I don't know about you, but for a lot of people, when they talk about the, um, desire to focus on the scale or not, this is where it comes up as a big sticking point of like, or not sticking point, or stuck point rather of like why it's so hard to move away from the pursuit of weight loss or why it's so hard to like not categorize food as good or bad is because of like, I just want to be able to like have fucking fun when I'm on a special weekend with my partner. <laughs> like I want to yeah. do these fun things. So I don't know if you, um, one have heard that from other folks too. Um, and what your thoughts are on that. Oh yeah. I mean, even now, like thinking about the scale, I just, I was, I was like, I'm at a point now where I'm like, okay, it's okay if I get on the scale. But the problem for me was that whatever the next thing was, was that it was like a, no, you can't do this activity mm -hmm. because of your weight. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I like was, you know, plummeted back into like, oh my God, it's, I need to do all these things to change my body again, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. it's, we, we've talked about this, I think, on other episodes together, but it's like this never-ending cycle and even feeling like, oh, I feel like I've come so far. Like, I look back mm. and I'm like, man, where I was when I was dieting, I was a totally different person. And then in five seconds flat, I immediately went right there and was like, oh, I, I know what I have to do, like, and mm. in order to participate in these fun things. And mm -hmm. that's just so crappy. And that's what like, I think the scale ties it back to. And I haven't had the inclination or desire to get on a scale. But let me tell you, after that, I wanted to get on the scale every day, multiple times a day. Mm. It like set into motion this oh, yeah. old path. Um, I often think about how we think as like um, roller coasters. And there's some paths that are newer, shiny roller coasters, which is ironic that I say that because roller coasters are similar in the skydiving experience and just seat size and everything. But, um, you know, there's some that have these like, uh, they're metal. I don't know. They're like more updated roller coasters. And then there's ones that are like the wooden roller coasters. Um, I grew up near um, Cincinnati, Ohio, where there was Kings Island and they have this like really old roller coaster called the Beast. And it was amazing, but it was like, a rickety wooden one. And so I often think about when people say that their brain gets activated to, to like crave checking the scale, um, yeah. or crave having some kind of like meal plan. Um, oh, yeah. I think about the beast. Yeah. I think about this old roller yep. coaster. That's like, Oh, we can run again. We can do yeah. this again. And it sounds like it went back, but it was also the thing that I remember you telling me when it, after it happened. And then in this too, like there's like an element of like surprise and then also not surprise of like, yeah. I'm craving this all over again. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like that, yeah, that's something that so many people share about too. Like how that feels icky. It is. It's because it's like the shame loop, right? Like that you mm-hmm. feel or maybe as you, the listener, feels when you're in a space where you feel like I am ready to give up dieting, like I am ready to take this. And it's almost like this whole nother track that you go down that all of a sudden, if you have thoughts like that, that again, it's equally shameful somehow. And for me, that that was, I was like, you know, I'm I'm in this space now where I I'm a self-proclaimed professional body liberation advocate, right? And and I also have these feelings. And mm-hmm. I think that's important to name because like yes. no one is above it, right? Like nobody is at mm-hmm. a place where they're like 100% like it's just not that simple. It's not that black and white and it's this very yeah. nuanced experience that I'm still learning how to navigate. I will be learning how to navigate it forever. Yeah. Not until like, like, let's just say the world fixes itself with how it treats different body sizes. I think that's the only way that'll happen. And, you know, the thing that a lot of people talk about is in the beginning, how at first they have these kind of activating experiences where they go back to the scale or um, feel that kind of pull that seduction back to dieting. And it happens a lot. And it's a lot of like, a lot of heavy lifting of like, oh, I have to think through so much of this all the time and it's exhausting. But then eventually with repetition, it's less frequent. Um, yeah. And that's what I, you know, like with you, um, I know that's something we've talked about before, like hasn't happened in a while, but dang, when it happens. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> truly. It hasn't happened in a while. This was something that really, I felt like immediately I was like, I need to start tracking things again. Like Mm. I need to like figure out a a different way to move my body. And like, and I think that just having, again, having these different tools and having a support system, like being able to talk to you and to, you know, other allies in, in this space, that was everything. Because I think if I didn't have that anchor Mm. or have that, like, the people to go to or the tools in my back pocket, I would definitely have gone right back into it. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that's something too. It's, it's like, I get it. I don't know. There's, Mm -hmm. I, I also feel like if that is you or that has happened to you, like that's, it sucks, but it's also like, it's okay. Yeah. Like it's okay. And one of the beautiful things to do at that moment is just to notice that that's what's happening. Like, yeah. I got seduced by dieting. That doesn't make you uh, a bad body liberation yep. advocate. It makes you yep. surviving this culture. And, you know, the, the other thing I noticed with folks is that as they have less, ex- less times being pulled back to diet culture, when they are, it's a really intense experience. Like the, it, because it takes more to do it. So when it happens, um, it's even, more maybe traumatic, if we want to use that word, or just like harder on the body and darker and um, just takes more to come out of. And that's what, you know, however you get support listener, you know, Colleen mentioned having folks 
that you could talk to. Like Colleen is very extroverted and like, that's how, you know, you feel lifted and supported, but however you feel support, having those in place, even if you feel like, you know, I've been doing okay without this diet thing, just for when life provides this shit. Cause that's what it was. Like you said, complete utter shit. My, my dear friend who also has her own coaching business, Molly Goodman, uh, she's Mm -hmm. on Instagram. She talks a lot about like just being proud of you for showing up to the conversation. She's like, Mm, she always says like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you're on your body image journey and like, you don't feel like you're being body acceptance enough or like body neutral enough or whatever it is. She's like, like, don't, don't worry about that. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me too. just like seeing yeah. her talk about that and like knowing that like there's so much in this space, like even just recognizing it, like even just feeling it or like being open to feeling mm-hmm. it. Like all of mm-hmm. that is is so amazing and like yeah. still a part of you and your own journey. Mm hmm. Well, I'm so grateful for you sharing this experience. I mean, it's a very vulnerable and not too long ago experience. So I appreciate you haven't unpacked all of it yet. Um, And one of the many reasons I'm grateful is because of that, like it's naming that like when this happens, that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. And to like not add any more shame. We all have enough shame. Like we all have met our quota. (laughs) There's no reason for it. Like don't even let that be added to and um, I would say the same for anyone who's like submitted a letter for the show too. Yeah. Like that, whenever I meet people who listen, that they say like the letters um, and like what people write in to talk about that in itself is like the best part. So um, yeah, sharing your experiences helps you know those who don't have connections to people in real life. You know, letting them know that yeah, it's not your fault. Um, Well, one thing I was hoping to do before we end is like, what, what do we do about it? (laughs) Like what, what is the next step after these experiences, you know? And, um, I know you and I kind of talked about it before because we have, you know, something that we're kind of thinking about, but I know for a lot of people that's like, that's kind of the next thing is like, what, what I need to do something about this. And, and almost like a, I need to fix it kind of yeah. thought. Yeah. What do you think? For me, sometimes I feel like my kind of first go-to step is just to like check in with myself like and remind myself like I'm safe and I'm loved. Those are kind of my two mm-hmm. like things after an experience that I do recognize like an emotional or physical kind of reaction to something. I just take a beat to say like, I'm safe, I'm loved. And that helps me. So I guess like thinking about what your own needs are when something like this happens um, before and primarily because I'm someone that always jumps to helping others before like checking in on myself. So that's kind of my own first step. You might be different. Um, But then also thinking about like, I don't know, for me, maybe I've shared my story now, like maybe the next step is to write a letter to the company and say Mm -hmm. like, hey, I had this like pretty terrible experience. I don't blame your employees for like conducting business this way. I understand that there's like, 
you know, something that likely needs to be done here, but maybe you can do it a little bit differently. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can weigh someone in private and like, and have a gentler way of saying like right now, this experience might not be the best fit for you. Um, or maybe get stronger fans. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is here, but Mm -hmm. like, I do know that there are things we can do. And maybe if you're a listener and you're not living in a higher weight body and, and you're listening to this experience, maybe you can write a letter on Mm -hmm. behalf of others and say like, Hey, I know someone that had this really shitty experience, like, and I don't want them to feel that way again. Like, can we do something together or even just being open to the conversation? Like, I think there's so many things that can be done rather than like, for me, I'm going to speak to myself now because I don't want anyone to feel that I'm speaking for them. But for me, like, then just sitting back and feeling like hopeless, I think in the moment, that's definitely how I felt. But in hindsight, I'm like, I can, I can do some things. And Mm -hmm. for me, like I wanted to share the experience, not just for myself, but in case someone is listening to this, who's like, yeah, I've had a similar experience and it fucking sucks. Right. Totally. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, and the, the, the big takeaway that I hope someone who can relate and for you too, Colleen is like, it's not like just for you to fix. Because I, th- I yeah. think the more we can hold on to that, the more we won't turn on ourselves and pursue dieting and use the scale as a measure of how loved we are. Um, yeah. It doesn't change accessibility, <clears throat> but I also think that's not that's not an individual's burden. Like you said, it's that's for allies to really do the big part of like all the things that um, you said, like writing campaigns, providing feedback. Um, I know some, um, some like places have done like small things of like having more transparency about like weight. So people don't even get themselves in that situation to be in a public place and, um, you know, spend all this money and then be told you can't do it or having like the seats for the airplane or not airplane. That's another one. Um, (laughs) seats for the roller coaster. That's funny. Little Freudian slip there. Um, but having the roller coaster like seats out before you even get in line. So then you can see if they, um, are accessible to you. Um, I don't think that's good enough, but I think that at least prevents some of the harm of going through that experience. So, um, but yeah, so maybe, uh, a letter writing campaign needs to happen and just like something different. And yeah, can't you make your fans support you? Why not? I don't know the engineering of it either, but. I don't know either, but I'm like, there's got to be something. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. Okay. I'm not an engineer. Just thought of something. What if you like were hanging in like a harness or something and like still had the fan experience? Like there is a way. Okay. Where there is a will, there is a way. Colleen, I think they could hire you because that is a really good solution. <laughs> like, hang on, wait. There, yeah. There's got to be something here that can happen to make the situation better. Um, yeah. Anyway, oh my goodness. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you wanted to include that we didn't talk about or unpack? 
I just want to like take a deep breath together. I feel like still my my chest and my heart are mm-hmm. feeling a little bit tight and a little bit mm-hmm. heavy. So like if you as the listener want to just take a like nice little deep breath with me, I think that would be like a very nice way to end this collectively. <laughs> Yes. Thank you so much, Colleen. I appreciate you so much in many different ways and and also because of what you shared with, with us today. So thank you. Thanks for having a platform where I can share. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Colleen Brebner in this Diet Culture IRL episode. We have them every month here on the Find Your Food Voice podcast. And you can also work directly with Colleen in the PCOS Power for Community. That's a part of the PCOS Power course. You can get information about the course and community over on my website, julieduffydillon.com, and just click the button course and you'll get all of the details. This episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast was brought to you by the makers of Ovofolic. Remember, you can get 15% off by using the coupon code PCOSPOWER. The link is in the show notes. And uh, Ovofolic, again, it's a great company. I really love the people who are behind it. And Anasitol is one of my favorite tools to help with PCOS. So check it out. Again, use the coupon code PCOSPOWER to get 15% off. If you enjoyed this episode, oh my gosh, we are so glad. And we know that like these experiences that Colleen shares and, and listeners who write in letter letters, it's really hard to share these experiences, but also a way to help just break down the system that is leading to so much shame and blame with diet culture. So I'm so glad if this um, episode was helpful for you. If you have not left a rating review, we always appreciate that. That's like one way you can easily give back to the show. You can also share this episode with a friend, a peer, a colleague, or you can share it over on Instagram. You can tag us at foodpeacerd, and then also you can tag Colleen abroad abroad over on Instagram. And we love when people share our episodes together. And, you know, doing any of those acts of kindness really does help the show grow. So we thank you in advance. All right. So we will be back next week with another episode. But until next time, take care. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the Food Voice Pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book feed, and Colleen Brebner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at julieduffydillon.com, where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback, and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. 
Take care.